Welcome to Fragmented, a software developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better developers. My name's Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. This episode of Fragmented is brought to you by AndroidJobs.io. On Android Jobs, you can post a job posting for free and also sign up to get weekly notification emails of new job postings. These job postings are worldwide, so any company around the world can post for free. However, I wanted to let you know about a couple of feature upgrades that we recently made to the site. Number one, you can now pay for a upgraded highlighted posts. And this will highlight your job post among all the other Android jobs that are out there. Number two, you can pay for a featured job posting that will highlight it as well as pin it to the top of the job board. Now, again, the free job postings are still available, so you can still post a job for free. But if you would like to kind of give it a little bit more flair, you can upgrade it as you'd like. Now, additionally, Every job posting on Android Jobs, including the free one, is now going to be a 90-day job posting. So please check it out when you have a chance. Sign up to get notified of new job postings. And thanks for listening and checking out the site. Again, that's androidjobs.io. All right, everybody, welcome to today's show. We're going to talk about something that's a little bit out of the ordinary, but very related to software development in general. And that is something known as the GitHub code owners file. Now this also is supported on other platforms, other popular Git hosting platforms as well. So if you're using something other than GitHub, you can kind of check out their implementation of how to set up what we're going to talk about today. And that's the code owners file. All right. So what, what is this code owners file? Why is it important? Okay. So let's talk about your code in general, right? Early on in Fragmented's history, I believe it was episode 12. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. Kaushik and I talked about continuous integration and collective code ownership. And the synopsis there is that you should be able to work on any piece of the code inside of the app because we all kind of own the same code. If it's, you know, perhaps a messaging or if I'm on the feed, if there's tests and continuous integration has been set up, I should be able to kind of hop in there and start making changes we all have a collective code ownership in that regard. Now, at some point uh, early on in, in a company at a startup or a side project or a small company, there's one developer or there's a handful of developers and there's not many people. So a lot of times you're going to touch all the code at some point in time, or you're gonna be involved in various different parts of it and you're going to be exposed to it. As your team grows, and this could be for a mobile app, web app, or whatever you're building, you're going to have very different feature sets. And eventually you're probably going to have teams that are responsible for certain features. For example, you may have a team that's responsible for messaging. Perhaps there's a messaging component in your app that's been built and there's a team of developers, iOS, Android, web, et cetera, backend that know everything there is to know about messaging and implementing it. Now they may use like WebSockets and all different types of technology that's completely different than someone who works on the home feed, which is maybe the, think of it like a Facebook or Instagram feed, the main feed of the application. And there may be a, a feed team and all they worry about is the, the feed, how it's implemented, et cetera. You may also have a team that's responsible for a user profile. You may have another team that's responsible for handling all the payment infrastructure and the payments and anything that generates money for the company. This tends to happen as applications grow large, the companies grow large, they get acquired by 
larger corporations. And you end up finding that you have anywhere from 30 plus developers to hundreds of developers. And it's just impossible eventually to wrap your entire head around the entire code base because there's just too much going on. Now, this is where the code owner's file comes into play, which is very useful. And what the code owner's file does in really quick high level is it basically gates the pull request to make sure it can't be merged unless it's been approved by a certain person on a team. And how this works is there's a file called code owners. It's all capitalized, no spaces between it. So code owners, no extension, just code owners. And typically in GitHub, usually you're going to drop that either in the root of the project or inside the docs or inside of a .github folder. Typically I like to just drop it in the root because it's easy to find, but there's also a lot of people that like to put it inside of the .github folder just so it's out of the way. Now that's up to you how you want to do that. Now the code owners file is just a text file. And in this text file, you provide a couple of options and it's per line. You can specify users and teams that are responsible for various different files. Now you can use pattern matching. So you can use an asterisk and say asterisk space and say, you know, my username, Don Belker, and I'll be responsible for all the files. And what that would mean is if you checked in a file that had been changed that I'm responsible for, and you pushed up a PR for it, a pull request, the pull request would automatically be blocked until one of the code owners approved the pull request or all the code owners approved the pull request of, of whatever had changed. So we'll dig into that in a second. Now, this is really useful because if you have teams in your GitHub organization and which I recommend, various different people could be in different teams. And this gets really useful because in the code owners file, I can specify paths or I can specify patterns. I can say all .js files belong to the JavaScript team or all .go files belong to the Go developers, which are maybe only three or four of the developers on the team are experts in Go. So we want to make sure that it's reviewed by them before it's committed. You could also have things that are inside of a DevOps folder and you want to make sure that the DevOps team automatically approves all of those changes that are happening to the DevOps files. So one of the things that you, so there's different ways you can handle this. And as long as your application is formatted somewhat, you know, organized somewhat well, you're going to have a pretty easy time kind of requesting folks to review the various bits of code that have changed. So this could be, you could be separating it by folder. You could be separating by module. You could be separating it by different, you know, styles of separating it, however you'd like different packages, et cetera. You'll just need to define that pattern inside of the code owner file. Now, the other thing that I mentioned here is that the, in the code owner's file, you can specify who owns what file. And this can be one person, it can be multiple people, it can be teams. Now, usually what I recommend you do is apply it to a team because at that point you can easily add and remove people from a team and you don't have to worry about updating this code owner's file if someone leaves, someone transitions to a different role, et cetera. So if I'm going to have a code owner's file and I want to make sure that all of the messaging components are reviewed by the messaging team, I'll create a messaging team inside of GitHub and assign all the developers that are responsible for that into that team. Maybe I'll have another line in the code owners that's responsible for the feed and it goes to the feed team. The same thing for the payments, any of the payment code. Now, again, payment code might be littered all over the place. So I might have to create a couple lines in here and make sure I set the teams properly for all of the payment locations. Say, hey, any of these files that match this, make sure that the payments team is, is requested in the PR. So 
let's kind of walk through what this process looks like. We've got our code owners file built. It's checked into GitHub. It's good to go. It's got the team set up. We've had our teams built inside of GitHub. Everybody's assigned properly. Now I'm perhaps, let's just say I'm perhaps uh, part of the messaging team, but for whatever reason, I need to make a change to the some like an upsell that happens inside of a messaging component. Maybe we drop a message in there and try to get a customer to buy something. I need to change perhaps, you know, the border color or the button color for whatever reason the design changed. So I change it, but that code is actually owned by the payments team. So what will happen is as soon as I commit it and push it up to GitHub, GitHub will realize Don's created a PR. Looks like he's actually changed a file that matches one of these patterns in the code owners happens to be the payments team, we're now going to go ahead and require that the someone from the payments team has to approve this PR before it can get merged. So this is really useful to make sure that you're not breaking someone else's file, files, you're not doing anything out of the ordinary, or the fact that you just want to make sure you get a second pair of eyes with people that have a subject matter expertise in the area of the code that you've changed. So this can be a good thing and a bad thing. It's kind of a double-edged sword. It can be good because it can protect you from making, you know, bad decisions and, and breaking things and making sure you get a good pair of eyes. The other side of the coin is that, well, it, it can be a bad thing because it can slow you down. So you kind of have to be careful of how you set these things up and it's, it has to be a decision within your team that this is what we would like to do. This isn't something I would just throw into an organization without having a discussion with the team about what we're doing and why we're doing it because it might not be something that's useful at the time. However, I do find this very useful as you start growing in team size and there's various components that you wanna make sure that are checked in and you know, reviewed by certain people. And again, maybe you only want, you only care in the code owner's file, like look, only in this path, if we change anything in the payment module, then we wanna make sure that we are including these, this team of developers to review it. Everything else we really don't, does, we don't care about it. I mean, we do care about it, but we don't care that there's a required review. There's no code owner for that particular piece of code. Anybody can approve it. So it doesn't require that you have to have all of your code for various code owners, but you can specify, hey, just the this piece of this package name here, this path name here, we want this to make sure that it's reviewed by a certain team. So that's pretty much it. It's a really short episode today. This is known as the code owners file, and you can just search code owners. I'll provide a link to this in the show notes. Again, it's inside of GitHub is where I learned about it and have used it the most, but it is supported by other platforms as well. Depending upon what your Git host is, make sure you just kind of look up what their implementation support is for the code owner's file and maybe any of the syntax that they have that might be different if there is any difference. And hopefully it helps you maintain a cleaner code base and uh, prevent future bugs from happening. And if you have any questions, as always, feel free to send us a message on Twitter and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you have any recommendations for shows or anything of that nature, we would definitely appreciate those as well. That's it for today. Have a good one. Once again, this episode is brought to you by AndroidJobs.io. Post a free job posting, sign up to get notified of those job postings, and you can also upgrade and make your job posting highlighted or pinned to the top or anything like that. And remember, all job postings are now 90 days long. So check it out, androidjobs.io. Thanks for listening.
That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit and produce all the episodes here on Fragmented. You can find more Fragmented episodes at fragmentedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.